Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Thank you, Brother Gladman. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Let's magnify Him today. Come on, let's exalt the name of the Lord. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We praise you, Almighty God. We thank you for every miracle in the last two months, every healing, everybody that's come back to the Lord, everyone that's going to come to the Lord. You are the ever-present help in the time of trouble. Oh, we magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands. Go ahead. We've come to praise him, the song says. We have sacrificed and prayed and sought the Lord, and the Lord is here. He has given us liberty and power and authority. Amen, amen. Somebody shout, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Turn to your neighbor and tell them your greatest days are ahead of you and not behind you. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I feel like shouting right now. I mean, we're one minute into the 10 a.m. and I feel like dancing. I feel like leaping for joy when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. Amen, amen, amen. We are going to turn to the word of the Lord today and we're going to read from 1 Kings chapter 17 with and starting with verse 8. I feel like this will... I want to bring an understanding uh, to you of the word of the Lord from the concept of the preacher and the hearer. And um, I'm going to be teaching about obeying the word of the Lord. And so uh, we're also going to be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 28 and starting with verse 1. Um, and, but you'll be seated at that moment. But just um, in honor of the word of the Lord, 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 8 It says, and the word of the Lord came unto him. The word of the Lord came unto him. That's to the prophet Elijah. Elijah the Tishbite, the prophet. It says, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. You have to realize it's a drought. Uh, Resources are very, very slim. In American culture, it would be like times during the Depression, if you could somehow parallel that. Tough times. And... um, I mean, even during the Depression, people would go to cornfields and steal corn on the edges of the field because they were so hungry to eat. Um, I had one man told me, he said, he said, his name was Claude Hissom. He said, during the Depression, he said, there was such a, um, uh, there wasn't, you couldn't get meat. He said, we started setting traps. And he said, we'd catch possums. Sounds ooh, until you haven't had meat in six months. He said, we ate possum. He said, I couldn't believe that. Back in the country, but farmer. He said, I couldn't believe we have thrown all those animals over the hills all those years. Because when you're hungry, you get desperate. And, and this was desperate times. 
And the man of God looks at her and says, get me a drink of water. And watch what it says. Um, and he said, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it and called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a curse in a cruise. And behold, I am gathered, gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and what? And die. That's, that's, this is our last meal. Talking about the last supper. This is it. And uh, he looks at her and Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And what? She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Wow. Obedience to the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Just hold it there. Let's keep our Bibles open. Everybody say obedience to the word of the Lord. Uh, everybody say, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. Everybody say, it wasn't the Last Supper. And the barrel meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And, and so I, I, want, I want to show you the narrative of the story. Uh, this prophet of the Lord uh, is, there's not in this day, I mean, it's, it's tough times. You've got, you've got Ahab as a king. You've got Jezebel as a queen. They're trying to kill all the prophets of the Lord. And uh, the Lord used him to cause it to stop raining for three years. During this time, God has sustained him. He, he went down to the brook, and the Bible says he, he, stayed at, he stayed at this place called Cherith. And while he was there, the Lord sent the ravens to feed him. How many know God's going to take care of the church? He's going to take care of the church. Uh, he will. He's going to take care of his people. One, one man told me, you know, faith cannot be something we do only when things are going great. Faith is something we do because God's on the throne at all times. And I walked into a preacher's office that I know in West Virginia. His dad was a coal mining superintendent. And he has on his wall a picture of, of, a, of a crew of men. And I said, Brother Harper, what is this? And he said, my dad's in that picture. He said he was superintendent. And he said, uh, he said, that picture was taken during the Depression. He said, my dad believed the word of the Lord. And he told those men during the Depression, he said, here's what I want you men to do. Not only working here, but I want you to go to church on Sunday and I want you to be faithful in your tithing. Be faithful to the word of the Lord. He said those men during the depression never missed one day of work. Because God's word is always right. It's not based upon climate. It's not based upon economy. And it's certainly not going to be determined or changed because of politics. We are the church, and God has his own economy. He's got his own plan and his own way. How I many know that's the truth? 
The word of the Lord endureth forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but he said, my word shall never pass away. The word of the Lord is settled. Somebody shout, it's settled. We're continuing this series about the word of God. Don't ever stop doing the will of God or the word of God because of the circumstances in your life. His word is settled. His word is proven. Amen. It's not made of wood. It is carved in stone. Amen. It's not ever going to fade away. Aren't you glad for the word of God? Praise God. Obey his word. Not when it's convenient, but obey his word. And, and so... So I say to you in the parallel of depression times, in the parallel of this time, that, that God sustained the preacher. And uh, he, he, he uh, um, heard from the Lord. And there was a moment God told him to go to Cherith, and he went to Cherith. And the Lord blessed him in the midst of a drought. Blessed him in the midst of a drought. Now, let's stop here because I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1. This is a word of the Lord for this church. Deuteronomy 28. Any verse you read in Deuteronomy chapter 28 all the way to verse 14, I want you to say, yeah, that's for me. All right? Let's look what it says. Deuteronomy 28 and 1. It says, and it shall come to pass... If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the what? Everybody say, voice of the Lord, thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. So there's two things that are mentioned here. is to hearken to the voice of the Lord and the commandments of the Lord. Everybody hold up two fingers and say, the voice of the Lord and the commandments of the Lord. So there is the law of God. Then there is the voice of God. So you can't just be a person that follows the law of God and not hearken to the voice of God. There's the voice and there's the law. The commandments, the Ten Commandments, the law of God. Everybody say the laws. Can I say to you, His voice will never contradict, contradict His word. If a voice says something to you against his word, it was not the voice of God because his word is settled. But when God says, amen, and you obey according to his law, some people are law-oriented, but they're not voice-oriented. They, you know, you've got to have the law and the voice. Some people are just strict law, but they don't listen to the voice of God. And I can put it this way, that tithing is the law. Offerings are from his voice. What plan on talking tithing, but I just will for a minute. Tithing is 10% of your increase, 10% of income that God says you bring that to the storehouse in, 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 in Malachi. Let's turn there just for a minute. Everybody say obedience to the word of the Lord. Let's look, let's look what it says. Abraham did it. It was in the Old Testament. It was pre-law, during the law, and after the law. And uh, let's look what it says in Malachi. How many love his word? And it says in Malachi chapter 3, it says 
and verse uh, 6. Malachi 3 and verse 6. We're going we're gonna to bounce back here for a little bit. It says, for I am the Lord. And what did he say? I change not. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Look at verse 7. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances. That's commandments. That's laws. And it says, and have not kept them. What did he say? Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? How are we going to return? Look at verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? He said, how? Everybody say it. In tithes and offerings. And he goes in verse 9 and says, You are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. And so he's talking about Baxter and Israel coming back. How are we going to return? He said, Obey the ordinances. Get back and follow the commandments. And well, you've robbed God. How? In tithes and offerings. And it's called putting God first. Putting God first. Obeying God first. Taking care of what is the, important to the, uh, to the king. In Matthew, uh, it, it, it tells us in Matthew 6, it says to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said the Gentile way is to make sure I've got clothes, to make sure I have food, and to make sure we're taking care of my needs. And then if I have anything. He said, but that's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is to seek first what God wants to do. The Bible calls it first fruits. I'm going to make sure the kingdom of God is taken care of. And then he will shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And can I get a witness from people that hear that you say, he has done that in my life. I put him first and he took care of all my needs. If you try to take care of all your needs and then him, you're going to live in your own ability. But when you put God first, you live in his ability. I would rather have his hand on my 90% and me trying to take care of my 100%. According to the word of the Lord, I've proven that since I was three years old. I'd find 30 cents in a couch and I'd put three cents in a, in a tithing envelope since I was just a little boy and I'd probably have my letters backwards on the tithing envelope. I thought many years later, I remember putting three cents in there. Looking back and I'm sure the church treasurer thought, oh, isn't that sweet? From a child that has known the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures, the word of the Lord. And he said, live according to the commandment. Now watch this. How many believe God can do miraculous things? Yeah, he told a man just simply who was withered hand, Jesus said, stretch forth thine hand and it shall be like the other. And he took his withered hand in obeying and just simply stretching his hand, he was healed. How about the man, he said, go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. When he washed his eyes in the pool of Siloam, what happened? His eyes were open. Because anytime you obey the word of the Lord, miracles happen. Heaven comes to where you are. Oh, that's the truth. And so, uh, look what it says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Let's look at it. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. That's singular. That's where you go to church. That there may be meat in my house and prove me. God said, prove me in this. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows. How many of you read that verse at some point and when you read it, you pictured a window over you? One window. Raise your hand. He didn't say window. He said windows. He's not only going to bless me, he's going to bless everything around me. He's not going to bless one area of my life. He's going to bless multiple areas of my life. 
That's exactly right. Simply at giving him tithes on my increase. That, that doesn't, if, if, if it's a, a, a paycheck when your gross income, if you get a settlement, uh, you get a settlement of some sort and it's an increase, it would be on that. If you get an inheritance, it would be on that. And I'll tell you young people, if you get birthday money, it'd be on that. Don't let anybody tell you, well, you got to wait till you're an adult and get a job because you only tithe on what you earn. Boy, you don't want to live in the limitations of that. I've been tithing on my birthday money since I was a little kid. Somebody hand me 20, I'd give $2 in the offering. I told Sarah he got birthday money one time. And I said, bub, you got to pay tithes on that. He said, okay. I set him down. He just a little tot. And uh, uh, he came in and, well, he uh, filled it out. I said, you know what? You, you, you got uh, 30, 30 bucks, I think it was, something like that. And I said, give a couple dollars in the offering. He gave five bucks. So $3, and he, he gave uh, tithing. And uh, he turned it into the church that day, just a little boy coming out of his birthday. He went to Cambridge. We had a little thing for kids called Sucker Bucket. Sucker Bucket. He won $30. He said, Dad, can I pay my tithes again? <laughs> my land, he's going to make a business out of this. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, it sounds funny to a kid, but it works for adults. He has blessed me all, all my life. He has been faithful. All my life he has been so, so good. You can have money and no peace. Praise God. But when you, he opens a window, he's going to bless you on every area of your life. Your children are going to be blessed. Your, your spouse is going to be blessed. Your family is going to be blessed. You're going to have joy of the Lord in it. Watch what it says. Bring ye. That is commandment. Bring ye. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it watch this we do not give offerings just to give offerings we have offerings because we tithe the reason I'm able to bless the poor to bless the person that their house burnt down, to give to somebody that's in a crisis, to give to a missionary is because of tithe. You tithe first and it allows you to have offerings in your hand. It is the principle that goes all the way back to Cain and Nabal. How many know Cain's offering was not received? Why? Because he waited to see if he had enough to obey. But when Abel, who was a keeper of the sheep, and the first lamb come out, he would give it to the Lord. That lamb could produce Triplets, twins, be the best uh, uh, producer he's ever had. But he trusted to give the firstborn, the first to the Lord. And God saw that he had faith on this end of it instead of saying if he had enough to do it. And when you realize, I'm going to give, that's why you give it first. You don't wait to see if we have enough to take care of it. But when you give it on this side of it, you're being obedient. Amen. Can I tell you, and blessed is the cheerful giver. You can give begrudgingly. My God, I could have bought a, we could have went on vacation. Honey, we could have went and got a steak dinner, but praise God. Are y'all with me? He blesses in obedience, in the spirit of it, and the order of it. And when you truly see the miraculous power of obedience to the word of God on just the one principle, I'm going to tell you what happens. It'll make you want to give. You'll dance all the way to the church. You'll say, he's, he's done it again and again and again and again and again. Oh, clap your hands and thank him for his word. 
In the next verse, look what he says. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and ye shall not destroy, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. He said, prove me and watch what I'm going to do. Somebody shout amen to the word of the Lord. So when you go back to Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy 28, and I, I, I preach this and believe this, I've had somebody, people come here and they've said, well, you know, you don't get blessed on tithing. It's just fire insurance. I've never taught that. I won't ever teach that. Because he said, bring the tithing to the storehouse. Prove me with the tithing. That's what he said. But he did say, you'll rob me in tithes and what? Offerings. So we tithe to the storehouse. That blesses us with more. If, if, if you have a bottle of water over there, bring it to me. Hold that over your head. I'm, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Hold that right there. Watch this. And what happens is, he's going to pour in your container, and it's going to go outside the container. It's more than what you need. What do you do with all this? What do you do with the extra? It's where the offerings come from, and the missionary come. I'm going to tell you, this church has been blessed, not just because we're tithers, but because we give what he says to give and missionaries come through and our daughter work churches come through and the Lord said, help this person, give to this city, give to that missionary because when he blesses you, it will always be more than you need. Somebody shout, we are blessed. We hearken to his word and follow his voice. Everybody hold up a finger and say, we obey his word and we follow his voice. How many have proven that and seen the Lord bless you in that? Clap your hands and say amen. Praise God. That blessed me. Look what it says. Let's go on. He said, Deuteronomy 28, 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and observe to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high. Everybody take your hand and say, On high. Set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall. Are y'all are y'all with me right now? It got so quiet for some reason. All these blessings shall come on thee. I like the next verse. Take your hand down here, make like a wave, and say, "Overtake thee." He said, "And overtake thee if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God." He said, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. You know what that means? The basket's what I gather for today. The basket overflows for what I need tomorrow. He's going to take care of today, and he's going to take care of retirement. If I will follow his commandments and live according to his voice, he doesn't give all of it for you. He said, leave the corners of the fields when you plant a crop. He said, so that the poor can feast all of it. What he was saying was, I'm going to bless your increase in a way that those that have not can have because I blessed you. Other cities, let me just speak to this church. Other cities, we can build churches because he's blessed us with more than what we need in Zanesville. He's going to bless your family more than what you need in that house. Come on, more food, more finances. 
You're gonna be the blessing. Somebody shout amen. And so when you look at this, let's read one more verse. Verse 12 out of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Watch what he says he's gonna do. The Lord, the Lord, everybody shout, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Can I stop here and say, are there any witnesses in the building that you can say, I obeyed his word, I followed his voice, and look what he has done in my life. Come on. You say, he has blessed me. He has overtaken me. He has done more for me than I could ever do for him. Praise the name of the Lord. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain into thy land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand. Everybody grab your hand. The work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many and thou shalt not borrow. Look at verse 13. I wish somebody shout, God's going to bless me. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only. Thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord, which I command thee this day to, do, to observe and to do them. You can read the Bible and not be blessed. You can hear preaching and not be blessed. You can memorize the word of the Lord and not be blessed. It's what Pastor Cody said the other day. He said, until you put the sword in your hand and apply it, does it, does it, does it activate his word. And you take his word and you mix it with faith, it becomes supernatural. He said, if ye abide in me and my word abides in you, ask. Come on. If ye abide in me and my word abides in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Faith activates his word. James said, show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show you my faith by my works. He could have looked at Jesus. He could have looked at Jesus with a withered hand and said, I believe you, Jesus. I believe if I stretch forth my withered hand, I'll be healed. I believe. But if he had never stretched forth his hand, he would have never been healed. The blind man could have said, Oh, I believe if I go down to the pool of Siloam, I'd be healed. But until he went to the pool of Siloam and he put his own hands and began to wash his eyes, nothing would have ever happened. But when he obeyed the word, it caused God to open up the treasure house. I believe there's a treasure house for every believer. You can do it again. You can start again. You can begin again. Obey his word and listen to his voice and watch what he does in your life. Come on, he's not a one and done God. You can get up and start all over again. Clap your hands and praise him. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Look at verse 14. I said one verse and here we are at three. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to, to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. I want to do what God wants me to do. And so when you begin to understand uh, this, you go back to 1 Kings. I want to talk to you a little bit about the preacher. I'll talk to you a little bit about the nature of the prophet. Here he is. He's at Cherith. He's at Cherith. Every day, he's, he can listen to the watering of the brook in the midst of a drought. He's there. God is sustaining him with water. He can hear the watering brook. 
dip his hand, drink as much as he want. In the mornings, ravens would come, bring him bread and meat to eat every morning. In the evenings, the, bread, the ravens would come and bring him bread and eat. God was taking care of the ministry. I mean, oh, God's going to take care of his prophet. Take care of the, the, of, of, of the word of the Lord of the day. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, the brook dried up. The ravens stopped coming. He's, and a voice said to the prophet, he said, I, I want you to go to Zarephath. He said, there's a widow woman there that's going to sustain you. I'm going to take care of you. He gets up. He knows the voice of God. Everybody say, there's a difference in the commandment of God and the voice of God. You've got to obey both. He gets up and he goes to the widow woman. When he gets there, she's frail. She had to be. Her boy is skinny. Looked like Finn. Skinny. I remember you count my ribs when I was a little kid. It wasn't because we didn't have enough food. I was just plum skinny. Count every rib when I was a little boy. But it was frail, even skinnier than that. And, and the prophet comes in, and she's going to go down. And He said, would you get me a drink of water? Do you know what it took for him to tell her to do something for him? She goes to get a drink of water, and she brings water. He said, matter of fact, and, and uh, I want you to fix me something to eat. Oh, my goodness. Do you know what it took for him? And she said, but preacher, we only have, I'm gathering sticks that we can, I've only got a little bit of meal and a little bit of this. Just, I just have a little bit. Everybody take your hand and say just a little bit. And I'm going to make one meal my son and I are going to eat and die. It's bad shape. Do you know what it took for a preacher, the prophet, to look at her and say, well, I want you to make me one first. That's just plum arrogance. That's selfish. Who does that? Who's going to look at a woman and ask a widow woman and ask for anything? But God has spoke to him. Tell her, I've commanded her, I've commanded her to give you, to sustain you. He wasn't going there in his own efforts and hunger to try to find somebody. No, God had given him a word. God had given him a word that that woman was going to sustain him. He had to override everything in his conscience, everything in his logic to tell her to give. But he had a word. And when he obeyed the word, woo, he said, if you'll give it, he said, the meal will not waste and the oil will not languish. You know what she did? She obeyed the word. And the Bible says, and she went, she could have eaten three, four, five, six times a day from the moment until the drought was over. God sustained her because the Bible says, and she went according to the word of Elijah. And I'm going to teach you something right now that you are going to be called to the Lord as believers because you stand on the commandments of God. He's going to ask you to do things that seem beyond logic to go to a city, to go to a place, to preach the gospel. And I'm going to give you some examples in a minute, but I want to teach you about the obedience of the preacher and the obedience of the believer. There has to be both obeying. It's not always easy for a preacher to obey the voice of God. 
Because sometimes it's asking you to do something that seems inconvenient, like a 21-day prayer revival. The worst mistake ever made as a pastor was simply this. I canceled a prayer revival because I thought I was taxing the people, and I missed the will of God. I have to obey Him. No matter who it inconveniences. Because this is his church and nobody else's. And if the blessing comes to somebody's life, it's going to be obedience to what God said can happen. It doesn't matter how inconvenient it seems when you obey him, he opens up the heavens. And that's why the miracle power of God is going to fall on this Sunday with Brother Morgan because we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been seeking God for 21 days, and God's going to show up. Somebody shout hallelujah. Last night we ended 21 days. But this time I've had no guilt because I knew God wants this to happen. Everybody shout, greater things are yet to come. I want you to turn uh, to the book of John chapter 17, the gospel of John chapter 17. How are thankful for the word of the Lord? I'm going to give you some examples here in a moment, and I'm going to plan on teaching again next week. Uh, um, Commandments of God. John 17, 17, we're going to read a few verses here. It says, sanctify them through thy truth. Now, Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. What? Thy word is truth. God's word is truth. What is truth? When I was in school, they did a survey in the class and said, who believes truth is absolute? Then they ask the class, and who believes truth is relative, meaning truth can change according to whoever. Are you with me? Um, 80% of the class said that truth was relative. That means whatever you want it to be. It's an oxymoron to say that truth is relative because that means it can be anything. God's word is truth. Do you believe God's word is truth? Everybody say, truth is absolute. He said, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have also sent them into the world. Who? He's talking about disciples. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me. How? Through their word. How is it that we're going to listen to the word of a disciple or an apostle or a preacher? Because Jesus prayed, not only do I want them to believe on me through what I say in my word, but through their words. Romans 10, let's turn there. There's so many preachers in this building. Did y'all hear me? There really are. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Are you ready? What is this? Romans chapter 10. It goes on and says in, in um, verse 7, it says, Who shall descend to the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. 
We preach His Word. We preach the Word of the Lord. You don't want somebody up here with philosophies and ideologies, humanism and secularism from the pulpit. There's no room for it. We need the unadulterated Word of God. Amen. And he's being in alignment with his book. Praise, praise the name of the Lord. He said, he said, that is the word of faith which we preach. He goes on and says in verse 11, he says, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you believe that? Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You can't hear without a preacher. But faith comes by the preached word of God. He said in Acts 8, not going to uh, turn there, but he said in Acts 8, he said, he said, do you understand what you read? He told to the flipping eunuch, he said, how can I unless some man shows me? And he opened the scripture and began to explain what it meant. And he said, well, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He was able to respond to the word of the Lord because somebody shared with him the word of the Lord. Can I say, we don't come to church for the singing. We don't come to church for the small groups. We don't come to church out of tradition. We should come to hear the word of the Lord, to grow in grace and the knowledge of the truth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeded out of the mouth of God. Preacher, don't give me part of it. Give me all of it. I want to know his word. I want to know from Genesis to Revelation. I want to know, amen, from the gospel to the epistles. To the book. I want to know it. Tell me his word. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. And the Bible also tells us um, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. It's not good enough to hear the word. It says what? Do you see it? That's all in, all in concert said together. See, and you have... Purified your souls in hearing the truth. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Go on. Verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. You cannot be born again without the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you never hear the gospel, you will never be born again. If the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. You know what the, you know what the goal of this church is? Is to preach to every unbeliever the gospel. And to train everybody under the sound that has heard it, obeyed it, to go tell it. It's not just for a pulpit with a microphone. It can be at the lunchtime with a coworker. Come on, it can be in the hospital room with somebody that's broken. That we can share a story of faith and they begin to feel God from a believer. And you begin to tell them, amen, the word of the Lord. 
Being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth, got it, and abideth, when? Forever. Read on. Let's see what it says. For all flesh is as grass. Look at your neighbor. Say, that's you. And all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof, what? Fall of the way. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You've got to understand that the commandments of a God have to be spoken by a man of God. How many believe that? By a believer, by, by somebody that shares. And when you hear it, you have an opportunity to either reject it or to obey it. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, there is a portion of scripture here that, that, tells, us, that tells us something. And uh, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it's a, it's a powerful portion of scripture. Verse, verse 9, we're gonna just, I'm going to skip a few verses, but look what it says. I can't help but get preachy when I'm teaching. I just can't help it. It's like fire in my heart. For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for labor night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. The gospel of God. So we wouldn't be chargeable. Do you realize I'm going to stand in judgment for what I preach across this pulpit? I better preach the word of the Lord. Not the word of Aaron. Are you hearing me? He goes on to say in verse 16, he said they were forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles. Why? That they might be saved. To fill up their sins always for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. What he was saying was, he said they stopped us from preaching to the Gentiles because they knew if we would preach to the Gentiles, they would be saved. You can't be saved without the word of God. Can I say to you, we need to fall in love with the word of the Lord. Now, I, I told you I'd tell you a few things. Was it easy for Elijah to go to the woman and say, give me something to eat? Was it? The answer is no. It's hard for me to sometimes tell people what God's told me to tell them. It's hard. It's hard because it's just hard. God speaks through human flesh, and you've got to operate through human flesh. Why preachers got to fast and pray to make sure he doesn't back away from what God's told him. How many of you, if God gave me a word, you'd want me to tell you about it? I'm not just talking about preaching the scripture, but some, some correction. We get weak at that, but it's got to be in alignment with scripture. I'll give you an example. I had a guest in church one time, and uh, had a guest in church in Crooksville, and, and uh, the Lord told me to tell him that whatever he's going to do, he's got to do it today. And when I get nervous, I pace. That's probably because of why, you can tell why, what happens when I'm preaching. I'll start pacing back and forth. Service is over, I'm walking in the foyer, and I'm going back, and I'm, oh, God, what, what if? Tell him, tell him. See, that's the voice of the Lord. Tell him what he's going to do. He's got to do it now. Here it goes. I walk up to the guest. Don't even know his name. I said, uh, the Lord told me to tell you that whatever you're going to do for him, you better do it now. He looked up with fear in his eyes. He said, preacher, am I going to die? I said, I can't say that. But the Lord said to do it today. Don't wait. He repented sitting in the, in the foyer in the back, back of the foyer. He repented in his chair with a Tim Thomas brought him here and we baptized him in Jesus name here 
That was on Sunday, and he died Tuesday. That's a fact. You think I'm playing games? Better be careful. Uh, I'll tell you another story. I, I was in Crooksville. Some of the amazing things happened there in that church. One of the greatest times of my life was there planting that church. And I'll never forget that after church, there was a guest there. As a matter of fact, it was Sherry Southall's father. The Lord said, go tell him that he needs to repent. Well, I don't know his background. I, he might be a faithful church member somewhere. I've never seen him before. Well, I start pacing. If I come to your seat and start pacing, you better get ready. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> I start pacing back and forth. You know how hard it is for a preacher to tell you what God says? But he has to be obedient. Or he's accountable. That's why every time the doors are open, she should be there hearing what God's told the preacher to preach. I don't get on sermon.com. You're not going to find my messages somewhere printed out somebody else has preached because messages aren't studied up they're prayed down somebody shout amen and I, I walked up to him I was pacing I said I know I don't know you I'm glad you're here but the Lord the Lord said you need to repent he said I know I do well I thank you Jesus amen <laughs> hallelujah if he'd have told me well I'm a preacher of such and such organization now I, I, you know what are we going to do I didn't know anything about it we went into that nursery, not the altar. We went to the nursery, the nursery room right there at the corner. Went in there. He repented of his sins. He was on his knee. I said, there's a chair right there. You need to repent to the Lord. You're sorry for what you've done. He started repenting. I'd already preached the gospel. He repented right there. Lifted his hands. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Lord, I need you. It was a beautiful prayer. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fell on him. He started speaking in a heavenly language right there in that, in that nursery room. Hey, I walked, I walked out of there, I opened the door, his family was standing there. I said, it's a boy. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. He was born again right there in that nursery. Praise God. You've got to understand that we need his word, his law. We also need his voice. Obedience is something up to you. I can preach to you a thousand times. It's not going to do you any good until you obey it. You can read it. Like my daddy, he read it over and over again, year after year, to one, one of his Bibles I've got, and it's held together by duct tape. Marks with tally marks beside the books he's read. In the, where, at the beginning of the chapter, tally marks. Every time he'd read, get it, that book read five times, he'd mark it off. And I got one time, one Bible he read through 13 times in a, I guess a short amount of time, but it was 12 pieces where he'd spent so much time with the Word. That's what we need today. Come on. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. Politics are going to come and go. Friends are going to come and go. Family members are going to come and go. But this remains forever. It's going to outlive you. It needs to be in your children's heart. It needs to be in the, come on, I want it to be in every city. Would you stand to your feet, clap your hands, and just thank God for his word. God, if your word says it, I want to obey it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. Clap your hands and praise him. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, we have a powerful, powerful preacher that's going to be with us today in the 11 o'clock service. Don't, don't leave, um, but remain. And uh, there is a, I feel this, we can live according to his law and miss his voice. 
Because there are seasons that God wants us to do things according to his voice, not just according to his word. And this is a body of Christ that the Lord has called to prayer and fasting. I don't know what the preacher's going to preach. I haven't talked to him about anything going on. He doesn't even know we've been fasting and praying. And, uh, uh, but he's coming, and I believe God has spoken to him, and we're going to listen to the voice of the Lord through the man of God. Did you hear what I taught today? The preacher's got to be obedient to the voice of God. You've got to be obedient to what the preacher preaches. How many know we all got to stand on his word, his commandments, that you can just read yourself? But I believe God's speaking to us. The Lord going to speak to this congregation like never before. Go tell that person that I love them. Restaurants, not just going to be from the preacher. I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I, I, I will obey your word. But I also want to obey your voice. Come on, all over the building, I want you to begin to do that. I want to obey your voice. I want to live according to the commandments, but I also want to obey the word and the voice of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And uh, God bless you. At 11 o'clock, we'll start. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.